Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 65 and up or not quite there yet, everyone can begin preparing to finish well. Now, here's your host, Randy Hess, with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habecker. Welcome to the Finishing Well Ministry podcast. Usually my co-host, Randy Hess, and I, my name is Hal Habecker, the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, and you're listening to our podcast, which engages older people, lots of topics as we think and pray about life interviews. Uh, We've passed 100 uh, podcasts in the past uh, two years, and I'm I'm glad you're here along for the ride today. Randy is not here. Our summer schedules have been in and out, and I think in our last podcast, Randy shared a real challenge that he and his family have been through, and I hope you'll go back and listen to that podcast. But in his absence and in our hectic schedules for the summer, I just want to take a few minutes and share a little bit about a, a topic I've been thinking a lot about. I've thought a lot about it. I mean, that's one of the values of aging. We have a long time to think about a lot of things. And uh, my prayer is that God will continue to give us years ahead, both for you and for me, to keep relishing who he is and what he's about in our lives. So I just want to sit back, kind of, uh, I did one of these, uh, I think a month and a half ago, where I likened it to those fireside talks that FDR had back during his presidency. So I, I want to share a topic that I think a lot about. I've always thought a lot about it. It's, it's the subject of joy in life. And I'd like, you to, I'd like to slant a little bit, joy in aging the joy of ordinary aging. So I have a bit of a theology that I want to share, and the theology grows out of some key text in Scripture, biblical theology, you'd say. So where do I start in the joy of ordinary aging? I start with Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He blessed them, and he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, the bird of the sky, and everything that moves. So God created us with a body, male and female, to enjoy the world and manage it through our the senses that we have, uh, whatever it may be, managing our life, having families, ruling over creation. Um, he has made us with bodies to enjoy the world in which he, which he created and put us to live. That theme of enjoying life I think is carried out through all scripture. Let me share a couple other verses. I love Ecclesiastes. I think sometime I'd like to do a Bible study on Ecclesiastes for aging people. I think it's uh, written by Solomon at the end of his life. But listen to a couple sections he has here at Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24 and 25. There is nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. 
This also I've seen that is from the hand of God, for who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? God gives this life to be enjoyed at the deepest level. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, a deeper meaning than anybody else have, and we can enjoy it. I go back to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11 and 12. I know that there's nothing better for them to rejoice and do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. It is the gift of God. So God created life to be enjoyed, but there is a flaw in life. Ecclesiastes introduces us to that as well. Chapter 1, verse 12, what is crooked cannot be straightened, and what is lacking cannot be counted. Uh, In spite of that, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full in this world where there is a crooked streak that runs through it. Of course, that crooked streak goes back to the fall in Genesis 3, where men, in doing the fields, you had to pick out the thistles and toil in raising crops. And a woman would have pain in childbirth because of the flaw that's there. So my question is, does that mean we can't have joy? No, it doesn't. God created us for joy. I would say he created us for joy at every season in life. You know, think of the decades of life, the joys of little people in the first 10 years, learning, discovering, the joy of adolescence, developing, the joy of 20s, going to college, starting your life, the joy of 30s, starting family, the joy of 40s, getting into work, whatever it is God has called you to do, the joy of 50s, learning excellence, the joy of 60s, thinking about transitions in life, the joy of 70s, enjoying retirement, the joy of 80s, the joy of 90s, the joy of being a centenarian, even though there's still a flaw in life and there are hardships throughout every one of those decades, say the span of 100 years, there is joy in that. I want to say my friend John Maisel has a saying, goes like this, all that God has done in and through you up until this point is merely preparation for all he intends to do in you and through you going forward. So think about that. At any age you are, God is preparing you for his joy in the following season of life. Again, I ask, look at your first 10 years, your adolescent years, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, is there any season in life that God did not create for enjoyment? It's different in your 80s. It's different than your 20s. But still, I believe God created life for enjoyment. And it leads me to think about the challenge of forging a life of joy and wisdom in a fallen world. The scriptures address this all over the place. I think of James, count it all joy when we encounter various trials. 
when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So there's joy in developing perseverance through hardship in your life. I think of a runner who runs through the wall, so to speak, and finishes the race with joy. It's not that it wasn't hard, but it's that the endurance and the perseverance develops a sense of hope and confidence and joy. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all men generously and it will be given to him. Just like that, you might say. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he makes everything appropriate in its time, and he has set eternity in their heart so that men will discover and have a sense of the deepest longings in life and how God works through them. I love 2 Corinthians 2.14 and 15. Listen to these words. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Think about that who always, always, always leads us in triumph in Christ in the midst of whatever hardship you and I are being challenged with. God is leading. There is a sense of joy. There is a sense of perspective. I love Tony Evans' uh, definition of joy. His definition of joy is this. Joy is internal stability in spite of external circumstances because of the knowledge that God is in control. It is a settled assurance and quiet confidence in God's sovereignty that results in the decision to praise him and to enjoy life, I would add, even when it's hard. Life can be excruciating. There's a flaw in life. What is crooked cannot be straightened, but God is still in the midst of it. Ecclesiastes 7, even speaking of death, when the face is sad, the heart may still be happy with a sense of joy and confidence that our loved one is with Jesus. You know, heaven is there. There's a hardship in death. There's a loss, but the heart may still be happy even through the tears. Um. God ordains life. He ordained, Psalm 139, he's ordained all of our years. He's ordained our 90s, our 80s, our 70s. He's ordained the last years of life. And that causes me to pray the prayer of Moses in Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach me to number my days. Or as Moses prayed, so teach us to number our days that we may present to you, O God, a heart of wisdom. Means all the world. And so that leads to another discovery you have an age. I mean, the value of wisdom. Uh, we're tracking with God through all of these years. We're tracking with him, following him. We're being tested by him. He's disciplining us. And we have a sense of where he's taking us, that is to be like Christ, and we're following in his steps. And that should be a source of great joy. That's what wisdom tells us. Persevere, and God will answer your needs. He will show you what he's doing in life. I think of Job. Wisdom is with aged men, with long life is understanding. Proverbs 16, a gray head is a crown of joy, a glory, rather. It is found in the way of righteousness. 
The glory of young men is their strength, and the honor of old men is their gray hair. Gray hair is a sign of wisdom and aging, and we've been processing who God is. Deuteronomy 32, 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of all generations. Ask your father, and he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you. Wisdom, Proverbs 2. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for her, if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. I mean, I mean this it, life takes wisdom, pursuing joy. There's nothing cavalier about it. Pursuing joy is perhaps the most profound thing we can do is searching for God's meaning in the midst of what he created, including our bodies, starting with them, Genesis 2, or Genesis 1, he created us, but even searching for that through the hardships of the pain of growing older, the challenge of growing older. So I, I love this. I have to go to the next verse. I mean, God keeps raising our eyesight to something higher, and as Tony said, perhaps something deeper. I love 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 17, and 18. Paul says this, therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. There's a renewal process going on in the aging years as we develop hardships, physical hardships, emotional hardships, loss hardships. For momentary, listen to this, light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond anything we could ever think. He says, while we look at the things that are seen, you know, they may disappear. But the things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are are eternal. So as I follow Jesus through these aging, physical hardships and afflictions, there is a bank account in heaven. This light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. We are adding glory in heaven by seeing the perspective of God working in our lives, understanding that to be our joy. We're laying up treasures in heaven through how we persevere in this life. Is that crazy? I mean, I love it. It gives a whole new perspective to the challenges of life. Uh, I want to read another verse that I've been thinking about uh, and sharing as well. And with this, I'd like to wrap this up a little bit. It's in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 through 11. Paul says this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the life of Christ. In these, these earthen bodies, are bodies, they're earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. So if we never had any conflict, we never had any afflictions, we be tempted to think this is all me. No, it's not all you, Habecker. Remember, Jesus said in John 15, 5, you can do nothing without me. Nothing. 
So he, as the gospel is in me in this earthen vessel, I'm tested, I, I weep, I mourn, I have afflictions, but inside of me, God is doing something marvelous. The power of God is displayed in me. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaking, struck down, but not destroyed. And here's my, here's my verse, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal bodies. Now try that one on for size. Paul says that in our bodies, as we age and become weaker and have more afflictions or whatever, we carry in our bodies the dying of Jesus. I mean, he did the same thing. He aged and he died for our sin. So our bodies are dying, literally. There's a limit. Nobody gets out of this earth alive. So we're going through a dying process. It's a very slow process. It doesn't mean we don't stop enjoying life for two seconds. Does it mean we stop seeing God's perspective in his hand in all of our life, even through hardships? That's James 1, 2, asking for wisdom, James 1, 5, as he gives it, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So here, this aging process should manifest more than ever before the life of Jesus in us as we submit our bodies and our lives to him. Seeing it from his perspective. Now, one final thought. This is the value of aging people in a community, I think. There, there are men and women who have trusted God through hardships. All their life, they've been tested. And they're still being tested. And God is giving them wisdom. And they have, we have a clearer appreciation for life and what it means and how God works. Not that we have anything figured out. I go back to Tony's example there again. I mean, it's just uh, his definition of joy is very profound. Joy is internal, is an internal stability in spite of external circumstances because of the knowledge that God is in control. It is a settled assurance and quiet confidence in God's sovereignty that results in the decision to praise him in our 70s, in our 80s, in our 90s. It makes all the difference in the world to see his hand. And maybe that's why Paul said, I love these verses. They're hallmark verses for our ministry and for our lives as Christians. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4. I have fought the good fight. It is hard. It is difficult. But I see God's hand in life. I have completed the course. I look back now and I can see what he's been doing all along in my life. And that gives me an incredible source of satisfaction and deep appreciation for him and praise to him for what he has done in my life. And I've kept the faith. It's just amazing. I mean, this is God's challenge to us. This is the joy of living in our latter years, our senior years, having a deep sense of who God is, why he brought us into this world, why he brought us to himself in Christ, what he's doing and conforming us to the image of Christ day by day in every sense of the word.
I hope these uh, thoughts uh, will be an encouragement to you. The kinds of things I think about day in and day out as I age myself and as I live life with God, as I listen to him, as I seek him, as I want to encourage people. So I pray that you'll do the same. Uh, let me close in prayer today. I, want to, I don't know where you're at in life and what you're doing, but my prayer is that God will give you a sense of purpose and vision where you are, what you're about, rooted and grounded in him, living your life out of his resources, out of the power of his spirit for all of his purposes in your life. So I hope you join me. Let's pray again. Father, I thank you for bringing us together through this technology. I thank you for your spirit who translate all of who you are and all of your purposes into the nitty gritty details of our lives. When our suffering, in our joys, working with grandkids, working with adult kids, trying to stay healthy and in shape as long as we can, seeing your hand in challenges and afflictions and sickness and difficulties, all of that doesn't diminish for one second the purpose for which you created us. So we lean on you. We can't have any sense of purpose without you because you're the one who gives life. You give life through Jesus. You give life through your son. You give life through your spirit. And I pray that that's what we'll be about in our aging years, living this life with all the power of the spirit for the sake of Jesus and sharing him with our grown kids, our grandkids, our friends, with whom we travel in life and make life rich and meaningful and encouraging through the joy you have placed in our heart. I pray this all in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Finishing Well podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's conversation to continue living out your God-given purpose. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us at finishingwellministries.org slash podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finishing Well Ministries. We'll see you next time.